This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hello and welcome to Out of This World. I am your host, Jamie Hanshaw, and I have a big treat for you guys today. Benny Wills is here with us. Hi, Benny. Hi, Jamie. How are you? Uh, Doing very well. No complaints. Okay, good. Benny is somebody who I consider one of the real OG Granilla Wokesters of (laughs) the past (laughs) conspiracy theory milieu. Um, he's been around for a long, long time. And I remember when I first saw your, um, your joy camp, I was so excited because it was a high quality, funny, um, the personalities were great, but you guys were talking about real things like chemtrails and MK ultra and princess programming and stuff like that. So I was like, this is so exciting. I, I actually, I almost wanted to be a part of it, hmm. but it was like way back in the day, I didn't know how to get a hold of anybody. Um, <laughs> but when, when did Joy Camp start? Uh, we started in 2012. And it's, 2012. it's okay. interesting that we're at a place now where I'm, you can refer to me as being an OG in this. That's, uh, I guess it has been a long time. <laughs> we're definitely at least like second generation. Conspiracy. Yeah, I see it now. I see it now. Yeah. I just turned 40, so I guess it's I have to accept it. <laughs> well, your um thing was called Conspiracy Guy. Mm-hmm. Remember that? And oh, I just, of course. I just thought it was so um what we needed back then. And then you wrote this article that I just came across that was so good because honestly, for me, 2023 was the worst year for alt media or what what do you want to call this i don't know but the truth movement or whatever yeah as far as who ended up out in front in 2023 it was garbage um Mm. so i'm so happy to see that you're still here i'm still here jay's still here lots of people that were there back in the day are still here but i'm noticing that it's just the entropy of the movement is something to talk about and that's what your article is called what happened to the truth movement so i kind of wanted to go back to the beginning and up into where we are now and just kind of what we've seen um progress since we have been in this Mm -hmm. uh forum for a long time yeah entropy is a really good way to put it actually it is it does feel like it's sort of degraded into or devolved into chaos and with a lot of positives, I'm not, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not, I'm actually pretty optimistic about things, 
but yeah, as far as like a, a cohesion or a unity, yeah, it's gotten pretty, uh, pretty frustrating. So your article is called What Happened in the Truth Movement? Um, and you have a, like a class called the Self-Reliant Way, right? Yeah. We can talk th about that in a little bit, but you started out, you're saying from 2004 to 2016, I felt like I was a part of something special. And I did too. So um, the first time I ever like read David Icke or the first time you mentioned Loose Change was one of the first things that you watched. Mm -hmm. um, back then, 2004 to 2010, I was like, this is going to be something, you know? And I thought if you just presented people with the truth, they would accept it. And so you went into that kind of in detail in your article, but tell us a little bit like, what it was like when you were first becoming aware of these things. Yeah, well, like I say in the article, I, I'm reflecting on that time as well and wondering whether or not I was just looking at it with a little more, I don't know, rose-colored glasses, if I was projecting more than I was actually experiencing something real. But yeah, I mean, I was in my mid-20s and I was really excited about the truth coming out and it felt like there was uh, uh just a wave of people asking questions and i think the internet had a huge role in that i mean i wouldn't have ever started questioning things had it not been for the videos that i started watching when i was in college and it was connecting us so the, all this information was coming out you know alternative perspectives and counter narratives were instantly available for the first time and we were able to discuss it with each other and really look into things and then people started contributing and yeah it just it felt like there was momentum towards <laughs> i hesitate to say it but like a mass awakening and yeah it was awesome to be a part of that and then um you said in your article after the big nine event there seemed <clears throat> to be sort of um a revolution of truth and documentaries coming out um, the, the first wave I'm thinking of way back then was like against the Bushes, those Michael mm -hmm. documentaries that kind of turned people against Republicanism. Um, yeah. You, you know, it's funny. I was just telling a buddy of mine the other day, it's like, it's ironic to me that like people like me are considered alt-right now uh -huh. when this is, this does show that I've, I'm an OG in this because during Bush's presidency, the Bush era, I was considered like radical left. Even right. though I didn't, I wasn't part of the left. It was because I was so, you know, against like the American narrative and George Bush and all that, all the war stuff that like I was considered like a, a radical leftist. And now, and then it just switched to being a radical right. Yeah, it's, funny, like, it's that Overton window that you stay the same, and then the the window shifts yeah. around you, and you become something that you never thought. Like, uh, yeah, like yeah. right. I don't even know what people would consider me, but. Um... Well, the, the mainstream, I think, considers anybody who's like, you know, conspiratorial as being alt-right. Conspiracy and alt-right are synonymous now in right. the mainstream. Uh-huh. Yeah. But then when you dig deeper, it gets um, splintered. And I think you actually said in your article, like, fractal, fractalized, right? Yeah, fractalized. Fractalized. Yeah, for sure. Um, so instead of uniting us under some kind of revolution of truth revealing everyone just seemed to go like completely in their own direction 
And now we have red pill, we have manosphere, we have feminism, we have a big old mess that's almost, I don't know, would you say it's better or worse or the same as it has always been? That's a good question. Um, I think it's, it just depends on the lens in which you look at it through. Because I do think, like I say in my article, I, there's a lot of positives. I mean, I'm, again, I'm an optimistic guy. I see a lot of really good trends. Uh, there's more people questioning things than ever, seemingly. There's there's less trust in mainstream or like, you know, media and education and Hollywood than ever. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there is a real arrogance and an inability to communicate effectively uh, about taboo topics. And people are very self-righteous about their opinions and very condemning of people who don't agree with them. And I see this online in particular. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's what I mean by fractalized. It's just gotten, like you said, it's, it's become, it's leaning towards entropy. It's just chaos. Yeah. And we argue over minutia and details when we should be like focusing on, in my opinion, we should be focusing on like the ramifications of these events rather than details. Because uh -huh. it's really all that matters is what, you know, these events lead to and how they change the culture and how they change the world and how they affect our freedom, not the minutia. Well, let's talk about social media for a second, because this wasn't really a thing when I started reading and researching and you, uh, I guess I had a MySpace. Did you have a MySpace? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. how old we are. <laughs> yeah, I had a MySpace. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, I, that was before. So MySpace came online when I was still in in college in fact i was on facebook and it was still just a college platform mm. that's I'm how long i've been Tom. <laughs> that's how old i am yeah i'm from myspace remember that i miss myspace <laughs> yeah so there was myspace there was facebook there was twitter a little bit later i think twitter came out yeah a few years later yeah and arguably, arguably, these things have a negative impact on relationships. Um, and you mentioned that in your article. It's like you talk to people like you would never talk to them face to face. You right. say things that you would never say out loud. I used to think that I, it would be fun to be able to read people's minds. But now after having the internet, I was like, that would be terrible. Because after hearing just what everybody thinks in their private thoughts, I'm like, no, that would be torture. Yeah, I think that, I mean, that's what I, that's kind of like the point of my, I guess the essay that I wrote is that it's, we've forgotten how to communicate because we have this, this thing in our fingertips that we can talk through while avoiding actual interaction. And so when you take out the human to human actual experience of communicating with somebody, you don't feel how your words are landing. You don't feel what you're receiving from them it's just and it's devoid of humanity yeah and it's really easy to misinterpret something really easy to miscommunicate something and people say the worst possible things to each other um and then write each other off and there is mm -hmm. uh, and if you were in a room a lot of these people talking you probably finally agree on most things mm -hmm. and online it just becomes disgusting and mm -hmm. really base level i don't know nonsense juvenile Very juvenile that's that's a great way to put it mm -hmm. yeah 
because people leave comments to me that I would never say that to my face because they would feel my energy. They would, you know, feel that comment going into me and then they would feel bad, but they can just type it out. Um, right. Seeming exactly. without consequences, but there, are, there is somebody else on the other side of those comments reading them. And it, it just cracks me up because people are so, uh, judgmental about free content right they don't appreciate right. anything that you do yeah well they, they they just they they project onto you what they would do if they were you that's what yeah. i've discovered after doing this for 10 years they all everyone thinks they have it figured out and if you they were in your shoes this is how they would behave but you're not me mm -hmm. and you'd only do it you only do what you would do and i'm going to do what i'm going to do mm -hmm. um but yeah the miscommunication is just out of hand I, you know, I taught a communication program for three years and I started it during 2020, during the pandemic, because I knew that with an event of that magnitude, it was going to have consequences on people's relationships immediately, right? Because mm -hmm. anytime there's something that's that big, something like that happens, it is a ripple and divide and conquer is obviously like the oldest trick in the book. Mm -hmm. And I could see that it was going to rip people apart tear relationships apart. Uh, and I also know what it's like to go through the, you know, awakening process. And with an event that big, I knew a lot of people were going to like, start questioning things. And when you're in that first phase of seeing things, you know, beyond the veil, you're really angry, and you don't know how to communicate. Mm -hmm. And the way that everything's been set up, it's like, there's, there's like all these landmines now between us and talking about topics that are, you know, more taboo and conspiratorial people are uh, trained to like hear buzzwords and triggers so that if you say one thing wrong they know they think they know everything about you now you're just a crazy you know flat earther alex jones conspiracy theorist nut job like that's, that's the true. immediate steps you go to when you hear someone questioning things um but anyway so in this class that i taught for three years i work with hundreds of people and so many of them were struggling with communicating about you know the <laughs> the details surrounding COVID. And when I dig into like the conversations they were trying to have and how they were trying to share information with people, 90% of the time they were doing it through texting, email, or comments on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, there's, that's like, that's your problem. You're not even engaging. You're because it's a difficult topic. You're afraid to talk about it. You don't want to confront it. So you're going to take the easier road, which mm -hmm. is typed communication, but type communication is actually the worst way to try to convey a point, mm -hmm. especially when it's with someone you love about something important. And so I think this has actually had a real effect on our, our entire culture, not just with like taboo stuff, but in general. Mm -hmm. So without the internet and social media, we would not have been able to spread and share these types of things. I mean, could you imagine being somebody like Jordan Maxwell or Bill Cooper um, or Ralph Epperson or one of these, um, you know, first generation guys who had to just put out a newsletter in the 90s and maybe get a thousand people uh, engaged in it after 10 years of trying to right. put your information out. So it's like, it's this gigantic double edged sword where we totally. use it for um, tremendous good, but it's not working out that way right now. So um, yeah. <laughs> so like the positives outweigh the negatives for sure. I mean, uh -huh. I definitely, in fact, that my follow-up newsletter that I just put out this past weekend was the 
more it's all about the upside of social media okay so i think the positives are there's more but the but the impact the negative impacts are huge because it affects our ability to communicate with each other and it separates us even further and the more we are isolated and alone and divided you're going to have a hard time garnering momentum towards you know resistance and change mm -hmm. so the good news is that like distrust in the mainstream media is at all time high right um, yeah. But the societal division, because of the social media, is almost matching it. And yeah, and and even even with even within like the people who are already questioning things or more likely to question things, they argue me. I mean, I'm honestly so sick of seeing uh, flat Earth debates on Facebook. Uh -huh. I'm so sick of it. I don't care, and I'm not even like trying to take a side on it i'm just so sick of the vitriol that gets thrown up in both directions and it's just non-stop it's like is this really helping anything are I'm you really the same way with the gender wars that's the one thing that really sticks in my craw is that they have pit men and women against each other and we they each have their camp you know the feminists have their camp and the MGTOW have their camp and they're just two sides of the same angry coin and that goes back to the anger that you were talking about and i've noticed that people who tweet out things or just put out videos they're rage farming so they deliberately say the stupidest thing that they know people will start to fight over and then they benefit from you know the avalanche of that you notice that yes yes and there's also this this sentiment of like i'm going to speak the truth no matter what uh -huh. and they do it on facebook they get a couple of people engaging and it's not like who, what what are you doing like is this really helping this is your loudest platform this is your loudest you know this is your biggest audience mm -hmm. who's listening there's no one there there's no one you're if anybody's actually paying attention to you it's people who are already in agreement or of a similar mindset yes and you're just yelling like, how is that helping anything? You're not just speaking the truth. You're just ranting on Facebook. Because the algorithms specifically choose to show you things that you will enrage you or keep you in your um, uh, bias, mm -hmm. your confirmation bias. Your feedback loop. Feedback yeah. loop. That's a great way to put it. So, and a lot of times people who are just being brutally honest I feel like those people enjoy the brutality more than the honesty and they like and those people tend to hide behind fake pictures and fake names I've yeah. noticed and they just like to throw a bone out there and watch everybody um fight over it and then they yeah. from it. so these yep. are the personalities <laughs> that are popping up it wasn't like that when me and Benny were uh just starting out it was there was not it would you have imagined so many people would want to have their own podcast um i don't know i wasn't really thinking i didn't think about the future much back then i don't know i was more living in the moment uh -huh. i guess i'm not surprised that it's all taken off in the way that it has but yeah i guess if you told me back then what would be happening now i would be surprised i guess like yeah I mean it, but i also understand why people are doing it because it's so accessible uh -huh. um yeah i don't know i don't know i 
that was that's a big shift between who I was and who I am now mm-hmm. is I didn't have any thoughts about the future or vision for the future. And I've completely altered, re-altered my life to actually think about that kind of stuff. That's the same for me. I thought we were totally doomed uh, when I started realizing how much control over the systems that we uh, rely on. We have no control over the trucks that bring us food or the water that brings us, you know, that we turn on the tap or the heat or anything. I was like, back in 2006, I was like, they could just turn off this at any time and we will be back in the Stone Ages if there's nothing we can do about it. So like you, I was not living in the future. I was not saving for retirement. I thought we were going to be in FEMA camps by now, I, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, that yes. So this, in a way, anyway, because I, you know, I guess a lot has a lot has happened in ten years, but I realized that I was, in a way, waiting for all this stuff to happen, waiting for the worst case scenario to play out, mm. and angry about it in the meantime, getting mad at everyone else for not, I don't know seeing what I was seeing. Mm -hmm. And what I realized in retrospect was that I was avoiding really taking responsibility for my life. Mm -hmm. And I was blaming everything going on in the world on why I wasn't happy, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so I was waiting for things to get, I shouldn't say I was like expecting it, but I was sort of on pause in my own progress in life because I was too aware of how bad things were seeming and how bad things could get. yeah. And it wasn't until I sort of snapped out of that when I realized, oh, well, if there is a they, and if I'm just stuck being angry all the time and not moving my life forward, then they have me right where they want me. And that exactly. was a huge shift for me. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, I have to not be stuck in this just angry place anymore. Angry and fearful. So that was, putting your life on pause is a good way to put it because it's like when I started learning all this stuff, it's like if I don't help awaken the world, then there is not going to be a world to enjoy later on anyways. Um, and I, I think we have made an impact. I think we have staved off some major um, things, but the the plan seems to keep rolling like clockwork. You know, we just had the, the KUFID and gearing up for something new. And that was really disheartening too, to see a PSYOP play out in real time um, and how, I don't wanna say dumb, but just unwilling to look at facts and... Yeah, it's, again, well, there's like a flip side to that as well, because I, yeah, you're right. It was very disheartening for several reasons. And at the same time, I've also noticed it really activated a lot of people in, you know, it 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 prompted a lot of people to finally start doing the things they had known they should be doing already mm-hmm. and finally taking action in their lives, myself included. And so in that regard, I think it has had a really positive impact. Like we just talked about, more people are questioning things. I mean, I, I find that it's more easy to talk with people. I mean, granted, maybe I'm a little bubble up here in North Idaho, but it's easier to talk about controversial topics than it used to be. Hmm. Um, more people, people are more, it's almost like people have been battered into, they've just been like beaten so hard over the head with all this craziness. They're like, okay, okay, okay. And so they're not as they're not they're not defending it as much and they're more receptive Uh so yeah people are 
people's guards are down more. People are more willing to accept the possibility that things are, you know, not, not what they seem on the surface. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, people are really, some people have sunken further into their own, you know, uh, misery because of it. But a lot of people have been activated as a result. And I, you know, I'll take that as a win. Yeah, with every um, big happening, it seems like we gather more and more people um, to see things kind of the more the way we see them. But do you remember um, Occupy movement? Of course. Yep. <laughs> Were you I, like, I went, yeah, I was in went LA when that was going on. Oh, you went to LA? Uh, well, I don't know if I went to it because I even, I was such a, you know, I was so far in the rabbit hole. I was suspicious of everything. Uh -huh. So I was, I was observing, but not taking any sort of stance on it. I was just like, oh, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, I was in LA and it was going on all over the place there. So I would see a lot of the protests just scattered about the city but yeah i mean i remember it for sure that was um one of those things that was kind of a big disappointment because you had so many people wanting to do something um but they just didn't really know what that something was and i thought it would have been easier to just you know stay home and stop paying your t-a-x-e-s yes well <laughs> you know, to me that would have been point. the first uh <laughs> You're, you're dusting off my memory now with this. I do remember what I felt, what I thought about it. I remember thinking, I feel like you're occu like occupy Wall Street. So you're occupying, you're basically saying, hey, we don't like the rules that you made that we're following. We would like you to change those rules. Uh -huh. And if you do, then we'll, we'll keep participating in this system that you've set up. That's what I, as, that was like the joke I was making about my interpretation of the, of the, of the movement back then. Uh-huh. But you're right. Like it's non-compliance. That's the solution, seemingly, or creating the alternative that's more appealing. Well, I I had this thought too. Like when we were um, we went to protest in Atlanta about the election, about Donald Trump and the stolen election. And there's so many people out there, and they're chanting. And we've got the bullhorns, and nobody's even in the building. I mean, it's this giant Capitol building with this golden dome. It's beautiful. And crowds of people, tens of thousands are rallying, but nobody is even in there. And so they're just shouting at nothing. I'm like, what am I even doing here? Standing in this spot, yelling into the void. There's no, there's no like people peeking out their windows being like, well, we better, you know, uh, do something about this. Nothing ever changes from these, uh, rallies and protests is like one of the dumbest things to me i don't know you can i like oh i agree i mean i i <laughs> had a similar experience i think that's probably why i didn't go to occupy wall street actually looking back because i remember so before my conspiracy stuff came out came out about you know that that night that september event the big um, nine yeah the big nine uh -huh. i went to so i was i was staunchly anti-war i mean again i was a I was born and raised Democrat, for better or for worse. Um, and then when the war on terror was announced, there was a huge anti-war protest in Los Angeles, in Hollywood, and I went to it. And it was like all these movie stars were there marching down Hollywood Boulevard. And I just thought, what is, like, what are we even doing here? They were yelling on megaphones and yelling at me. 
And I thought, I'm, I'm on your side. Like, you don't have to yell at me to, uh, to get me to believe anything. Cause I'm already, uh, <laughs> that's my boy. Um, I'm already, I'm already in agreement with you. So what are you trying to prove to me? And that sort of carried over into, you know, when I first started being, when I wanted to contribute something like Kevin, my buddy and I, who was part of joy camp, we first started going to, we are change LA meetings and we mm. were going to protests in Hollywood, like handing out DVDs and stuff and holding signs by the freeway. And again, I was like, this doesn't feel for me, this doesn't feel authentic. If this is your thing, cool. But I don't see, I'm not really like helping anything by doing this, not changing anything. Mm -hmm. um, so that's probably why I, yeah, the whole protest thing, I guess it could have an impact, but I've never seen it actually work. Yeah, Maybe exactly. Just... And so the Occupy was the biggest protest I think I've ever seen, um, you know, spread out across the whole country. We visited Occupy New York City, Wall Street, um, Occupy Philadelphia, Occupy Washington, D.C., and nothing ever came of it, and no one ever talks about it. So what was the point of it? Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, so this is what I've arrived at. Is it, I feel like it's just, it's an individual experience. Like that's where I've really, that's where I'm at with it all now. Is I think I was too focused on the collective when I was in my 20s, mm -hmm. thinking that, we were all doing this together. We were all aligned. All of our priorities were the same. And we were all moving towards something as a group. And yeah. we needed the rest of the group to wake up and see it. And then we finally see some change. And then here I am, well, I guess 12 years later, I see it more as this individual responsibility. It's, I can't expect anything from anybody or wait around for people to see what I see. The only thing I am in control of is my own life and my own contribution and my own abilities and helping others. So if I want to, I mean, not to sound cliche or corny, but I have to embody that, which I want to see reflected in the world. And that involves me taking, you know, taking stock of my own life and getting rid of all the negative influences, having stronger willpower, and then using my services for good to help other individuals sort of wake up to themselves. And then they're, more primed now to participate in a more productive way and so on. And I, that makes so much more sense to me than this, like lead the charge, everybody together. It's not, it's not a collective awakening. It's an individual awakening well, and you can influence others in your experience, but uh, and waiting for the happened, world to wake up is a, not going to happen. Look what happened to the people on 
January SIX. So is that something we can say either? Well, that's I one, of the, know, one of those like, specialty things. I don't know. I don't know what YouTube strikes like. and all that. So if it's anything <laughs> close to, um, you know, controversy. Isn't that crazy though? It's like two, two days of the year are like, we had to be careful to say these two dates of the year. <laughs> yes. So when that protest happened, um, now we see that it's even more dangerous to put yourself out there in that way but i totally mm. agree with you so i thought that me and my friends were gonna save the world you know now that back then was the time it was the new internet new social media new yep. discoveries um all uh independent journalists i thought this was a new renaissance of like you know world peace and getting rid of the you know ghoulies that run everything but you know it just doesn't change. And then I had to go through the period like you did. And then, you know, I came to the conclusion that, you know, we're not going to save the world. Christ has already saved the world, is saving the world and is going to save the world. So like you, it all goes back to your personal responsibility about your own self. Right. And that's the only person that you're responsible for. Right. At the end of the day, you and your loved ones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm not worried about things. I see that I'm concerned about certain trends and agendas and certain trajectories. But I'm not worried. I think that the more I've educated myself, I mean, I'm, I was, I never read books before and I love to read. And I really, even though I can take a lot of historical accounts with a grain of salt, the more I just get my mind around human history and this experience here, I, I've just accepted that people doing bad things is a part of the experience. Mm -hmm. People trying to control others and gain power and who think they're better than other people, like that's a part of the experience. And it's up to you as the individual to internalize that once you're aware of it and do something with it. Like you can, you know, you have the power to be kind of whoever you want in this in this life and you have this gift of free will that you can use for good or bad mm -hmm. um and you have so it's like you you're presented with this choice like okay i see that there's evil in the world evil uh what can i do to keep evil out of my life and help others as well exactly. so yeah no matter what time period you're born into you have to grapple with very similar things this is just our flavor right now mm -hmm. and yeah i don't and maybe it's also because I have children now. I have, I, I, when I'm holding my baby, I'm like, we're going to be okay. Humans are going to be fine. There might be some uh, uncomfortable moments and horrible things, but that's life. Mm -hmm. And hum the human race will persist. And it's in the end, it's, it's all going to be okay. So you said something in your article. You said the awake are as insufferable as the woke. <laughs> and I yeah. tend to agree with that too. Do you want to... Um... Expand on yeah, that. well, going back to just we, we touched on in the beginning, I mean, it's I'm basically referring to what I experienced on Facebook because that's been a platform I've been on now since I was in college mm -hmm. and I've seen it. I've just seen this whole journey with it. And for a long time, it was just a place to like post pictures and like talk about the party you were at over the weekend. And now, I mean, like I don't have any contact with the people that I was friends with on Facebook when I was in college or even for the first five or six years. Only, I'm only friends with people on Facebook who have friended me seemingly 
I'm guessing because they know me from joy camp or because they saw me at a conference or they heard me in a podcast or whatever. And so I don't know most of these people. So I just observe this sort of discourse every day. And it's, it's not all bad, but so much of it is just so ugly and negative and mean and also nonsensical. I'm sorry. Like some of these topics, I'm just like, really, are we really going to like, is the hill you're going to die on cloning or transvestigation? Like, really, is this, are these the topics that you think are the most important to get to the bottom of? Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a personal pet peeve, but yeah, it's just really, <laughs> I, know, I can't angry. believe what things make it out in front. And I'm like, this is so asinine. I can't believe there it. are certain people who think every celebrity, every male celebrity, I'm sorry, every female celebrity is a man, um, that, uh, this celebrity is it, this one and this one are the same person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the cloning thing, like so many celebrities have been cloned. And I'm like, I don't know, guys. I mean, I'm pretty far down the rabbit hole. I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and say, perhaps, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably not. But even if so, like, is this, is this really the thing you want to focus all of your energy and attention on and then get mad at people when they say, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Get mad at them and then call them a shill. I mean, this is this is like... Where oh we're at, yeah. It's, yeah, it's really frustrating. If you don't talk about people's pet um, theory, then you're a show, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I and I know I'm sure you've experienced. I know you have. I mean, just like people will say the most horrible things to you just simply for disagreeing with one of their points or for not accepting like their big, you know their big theory on something and then all of a sudden you're part of the quintel pro psyop uh you know play, a lifetime actor <laughs> don't blank like i've experienced and this so much facebook too is so frustrating because i have the max amount of friends like i have five thousand. there i can't put anymore um you can join my like page but nobody does that but i'll post something right. and I'll, i will get zero shares zero likes and zero comments so what is even the point of this place interesting yeah do you still get engagement in facebook i don't well i barely engage with facebook um i only use it from now from time to time sometimes i'll ask a question like i use that like you like a a color box and you can put the comment in there i want to get some you know hive mind perspective on something i'll ask a question Uh or I'll copy and paste fragments from my newsletter to try to get engagement and get people to, you know, into my funnel, I guess. Um, yeah, it just depends. I mean, I noticed that really what people really respond well to are pictures of my my sons, pictures yeah. of my wife and me. Uh, but when it comes to more like serious stuff, yeah, there's very little engagement. I don't know if that's the algorithm or if it's just something else. I'm, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Facebook is not as is a uh, the I think it's the worst platform of all of all the social media platforms. Well, I do too, just because it doesn't even work. You know, um, <laughs> I think I've been shadow banned or like turned I off. I did notice something. So actually, now that we're talking about it, I did have an article that I posted a chunk of on there a few months ago, and I usually get some engagement on everything I put on there. Uh, but I put something on there and it would get nothing, zero. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this is weird. And I left it up for like three hours and still no likes, no comments, no nothing. And I was like, okay, what is it about it? And it was because I think I used the term 
new world order in it. Uh -huh. It wasn't even like, it wasn't about the new world order. It was using that as, I don't even remember the context, but it was like a list of something and almost off, like off the cuff, like not a, you know, it was a, not it's the focal point of the article. And I think that like set off some sort of like, you know, I got pushed into some sort of invisible <laughs> uh, purgatory because yeah, I took I that out. So I took that out and then I reposted uh -huh. it and then it got a bunch of engagement. I mean, a lot of engagement, but all I had to do is take out that phrase. Okay. And I think I post a lot of things on there that will take you off of Facebook, like go to my YouTube channel or something like that. So that's they probably- hate, I think Facebook hates that. Yeah. Because they're different, they're separate, they're separate uh, companies. You would think I would get one thumbs up out of 5,000 friends and probably 5,000 more waiting to like add me as a friend, but I can't because there's a cap on it. But Facebook yeah, is just a graveyard. I just post in there and leave. But then yeah. I try to go engage with people on Twitter because that's where everyone is right now. <clears throat> I do. I do enjoy Twitter. I gotta, I gotta be honest. <laughs> I don't enjoy that's it. That's the funny part. Like everyone is just always fighting and bickering. And you said this. Um, well, in, yeah, go ahead. You said it's a daily melange of proselytizing, bickering and judging. And that is so true. Well, it is. And I mean, the way the algorithms are set up now, you curate your own experience. So I, mm. I've i noticed that the less, like I basically, when things come on my feed that I don't want to know about or don't want to hear about, or if it's someone who's just really, like you're saying, like proselytizing and just mudslinging angry, I will just ignore it. And I'll focus more on people who are excited about life. Like I like... I like being aligned with people who are willing to question things and also willing to like build things and solve problems and have generally optimistic outlook on life. Like those are people I really like to engage with. Mm -hmm. And so I get more um, encouraging stuff on Twitter than I do like the nasty stuff. So I, but that again, that's just me sort of like training the algorithm how to uh, give me my feedback loop. It's funny because I will block people or I'll mute them that I don't want to hear from. And then other people will screenshot them and post it. And I'm like, no, I don't want to saw that anyway. I want to see that. Yeah. I, I also find like people, <laughs> people have such expectations for when it comes to engagement. Like people get mad at me because I haven't written them back yet on some platform. And I'm like, you have no idea how many now, this is not me boasting at all, but like I get messages coming in through like six different email accounts, through DMs on Twitter, DMs on Instagram, DM on Messenger on Facebook um, and Discord and Telegram. If I didn't see your message, it's not because I don't like you. It's because I just didn't see your message, but they take it personally and they like will attack me for, you know, ignoring them like, whoa, you just you don't get it. That is something I'm terrible at is responding because it, it is so overwhelming. Like you said, like which inbox and who is this person? It, they could be crazy. They could be a dog. Who knows? On the internet, you know, it could be whatever. And yeah. so you have to really choose how you um, <clears throat> spend your time replying because it just could lead to nowhere. So, oh man, yeah. there's like, I thought there would be this hundredth monkey thing back in you were talking about the golden age of uh alt media it was like 2010 um when we, they were talking about trivium and grammar and logic and the quadrivium and you know yeah. big brain people things um <clears throat> that seems to be gone now it's the critical gone. thinking is well that's the thing people think they're critically thinking yeah just because they have just because they don't believe the news 
because they're they take the contrarian take but that's not critical thinking that's just taking the contrarian take critical thinking actually involves gathering all the information and analyzing all of it before you come up with what you want to say about it you've done your homework but people jump to conclusions say irrational things pose opinions as if they're facts and yeah they just that they don't they are not critically thinking at all mm -hmm. with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So now I've sort of shifted my approach. Um, before I was like, let's pump out as much content as we can and try and like shake people out of their, you know, web of lies. But I've really dialed it back, um, especially since, you know, joining the church and getting married and everything. Um, I'm no longer like on a mission to save the world. I'm on a mission to save myself, not in a selfish way, but like just that my salvation is my responsibility first mm -hmm. and how I treat people and how I, you know, put yeah. love into the world. Um <clears throat> So yeah, I, I believe that. I think I think your self development is your greatest gift to the world. Yeah, and that's something I've arrived at. I improve my the more I improve my own life and overcome the things that don't serve me, and I can regain control over my own free will, make the, the right decisions when I need to, uh, and humble myself and be a good person. Yes. That makes me a better person for everybody else. So I'm that's one of my. That's one of my core beliefs is that self-development is your best, is the best thing, best offering to the world. Be the change you want to see, right? Um, so we're shifting from collective to indiv individual responsibility here. Um, <clears throat> you had this really great quote. Let me look it up on your article. About when you try to approach people with these kinds of things. Who is it? Francois Felanon? Who's that? Mm -hmm. I think he was an archbishop or something in like the 17th or 18th century. Okay. So um, he said, no one can possibly behave above his own level of understanding. And this is like where we'd really backed off trying to cram things down everybody's throat that we came across. Um, everybody's in a different place, right? So don't expect people to do any better than they are compelled to do at their present level. I thought that was um, really poignant. Mm. You also, well, this guy is quoting um, Jesus also. He said, Jesus explained this law by saying that we should not cast our pearls before swine, right? Mm -hmm. um, so just meet people where they're at. And that's kind of the approach that I have been taking Um lately because right. i feel like we're in overtime it should <laughs> it could have ended already um but it didn't so now we're just like uh hanging out here way past our uh the doomsday like it was going to be over in 2012 
remember when the uh the Mayan calendar and all that so we've oh, yeah. through all of these like little apocalypses I'm done with like the doomsday uh scenario now yeah yes and that quote uh is I mean like I say and I think the next line like that that is the cornerstone of my communication approach it's way too easy to expect things from people and to feel self-righteous and think well how could they not see it well what's obvious to you is not obvious to everyone else and you have to meet with them where they're at if you want to just waste your time and energy trying to wake someone up specifically you probably will just waste your time and energy mm -hmm. but there are ways I mean there are ways to reach people that are guarded and blocked but there's also a point at which you have to just say okay I'm gonna walk away Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people have a hard time with that because they love the people they want to reach. They see them falling into these traps. They see them, you know, saying yes to things that might be really bad for their for their health and longevity. But, you know, again, free will, like you cannot force people to change. Well, you can offer, you can lead by example, you can offer some assistance and you can try. And again, if you do want to engage that way, don't do it through text, don't do it through email. Do it through heart-to-heart -heart communication and do it with love and not combative. Don't go in there with like, you know, your tool belt full of uh, all the facts and info and articles and stuff and videos they need to watch. Just go in there and like be real. Yeah. And focus on the rapport, ask good questions and listen to them and don't just lecture them. And maybe you can actually gain some ground. And we have been gaining ground um, a lot. I think the tides are turning like, you know, the... Epstein McJeffrey stuff is coming out, um, the WEF. Yeah. Um, so we're being vindicated left and right. And now the stakes are even higher. Like the people who um, mocked me and poo pooed me and, <clears throat> you know, like didn't listen to me all got the stabs. And now they all have health problems. So it's like, if you would have just like, I don't want to be like, I told you so, but now people are literally dying because they were you know, trying to make fun of me in the past. So it's really hard to watch. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Um, but also at the same time, you know, a lot of the people who see one of the problems being people fell into in 2020 and 2021, were as soon as someone did decide to get the you know what, they saw them as being like, well, now you're done. Like you're, you know, you are, there's no hope for you. Mm. But people, you never know when someone's moment is going to happen, when they start going, wow, what? I mean, a lot of people who have had negative reactions to saying yes to that thing, uh, that's what snapped them out of their trance. Mm -hmm. And now they're they're doing whatever they can to like detox their systems and understand more about what's going on. I mean, I had people in my, my communication program who were in that exact same spot. Like they did say yes, they did have health problems afterwards. And they were like, oh my gosh, the conspiracies are true. And that's what set them off. So to like just write someone off because they said yes, you never know what you know what's in store for that person on their journey and what might um, you know cause them to start thinking about things more critically. Mm -hmm. Better to assist them on that journey than to write them off and to condemn them and you know be angry. The anger part. Um, that's a really good point. So what what is parahesia? Is that how you say it? Yeah, it's, well, it's Parhesia. Parhesia. Uh, that was the name of the program I did, and it was a communication 
class. You know, it's parhesia, the art of communication. Parhesia means to speak freely or boldly. Mm-hmm. And it also means the ability to speak truth to power. Okay. And since so many, so many people don't know how to communicate effectively, they're not going to be able to effectively communicate truth power. Um, I did that for three years and it was a very successful endeavor. I mean, I got to meet a lot of people, really work with a lot of people who were really struggling during, you know, the COVID era. Mm-hmm. Um, but that led to a new project that I think was, that's just a little more on the nose, a little more hitting the bullseye as far as what I see is you know, underlying issues for people. Um, and I do that now and that's called the self-reliant way. Is that um, a course that you could take on Richard Gross? It's a course and it's a, it's a coaching program complemented by a course. Okay. And it came from, it branched away from Parhesia because I, I did Parhesia for three years and I did it in seasons and people could sign up to do a workshop. So it was a commun- like a communication workshop. And with working with so many people over those three years, it just became very clear to me that the underlying, that commun- communication was an issue, but the underlying problem for so many people is just lack of fulfillment in life and mm-hmm. just feeling stuck and feeling purposeless and not knowing how, you know, almost being so overwhelmed by their awareness of the problems, kind of like I was at a certain point, they've, they've reached a point where they're unable to move in any direction. They're just like stuck. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are addicted to some substance or other. Uh, And so I just started honing in on that, like, okay, well, how do I help people get unstuck and less afraid and excited again? Because if you can overcome that that pit of like despair, mm-hmm. you know, you now become, you, you are now, now you can participate in, again, not to sound corny or cliche, but being that change that is needed in the world. Mm-hmm. You step into your own power. You don't let your awareness bog you down anymore, but rather empower you. And now you can, you know, so basically I'm helping people live with purpose. Like that's the bottom line, helping them get excited about their lives, reach their own potential that I think is woven into their DNA. and do something with their Mm -hmm. lives and help and not just go to a protest or start a start a podcast but actually like figure out what it is that you can offer that's unique to you with your talents and skills and experience and step into it and help people that's great because that's how we change the world a lot of people when they start to wake up like i did you just sort of go into this like conspiracy purgatory or limbo like i don't know what's going to happen to this year to the next so that's perfect that you have well they yeah they think they need to be someone like 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 jay or james corbett they think they have to, like that's the natural next step like well that's that that was their natural next step right but it doesn't have to be that for you and just because you're not doing that doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong yeah. you need to do what you can do that's unique to you and if that ends up being a podcast or a, a youtube channel or a bit shoot channel i guess or whatever great but you have all the resources you need to uniquely express who you are in a way that helps others and helps yourself in return. I think that's what it's all about. Yeah. And the more confident you are, you're you're feeling good about yourself. You're less afraid. You're less intimidated by things. If you, if you like choose to face your own, like the fears in your, in your personal life, not just the fears of what the government's up to, but like things you're afraid of, if you're afraid of criticism, or being poor or anything, if you can actually like face these things and overcome them, well, now you're going to be more confident in everything you do. Mm-hmm. And the more confident you are, the more you can, you know, 
build your, you know, live a good life and help others improve theirs. I mean, it, to me, yeah. it's like a simple formula, but a lot of people don't, aren't doing that yet. So that's what I'm doing now. We want to see conspiracy guy thriving. <laughs> well, <laughs> Just write the new there, number, right? There is a, so the conspiracy guy character, anybody who doesn't know, go check it out on joy camp. All those videos are still online miraculously. Um, but that was me making fun of myself. I mean, that was that character was just a mocking mocking me in college when I was a horrible communicator, when I was the turd in the punch bowl in every conversation. Um <laughs> you were so fun <laughs> at parties talking about chemtrails and well, I was just I was so like, you know, I was determined. It was like people need to know. Yeah. Uh, like so many people are now. And then it was just me making fun of myself. Um, but now so we are. Like I, that's, that's the one thing that's missing from my life right now is that comedic video making thing. Like I miss it so much that Kevin and I are actually like talking about how we can, uh, pick that back up at some point. Well, do it. Now you've got Jay as a comedian and, um, I'm kind of funny and I know lots <laughs> of fun people we can do, uh, projects with. So before we go, tell us where we can find you, your class, and what is your next uh, upcoming project? Yeah, great. Uh, BennyWills.com, and it's Wills, not Willis, it's Wills, W-I-L-L-S. Okay. BennyWills.com is where you can learn pretty much everything. Uh, I do encourage people to sign up for the newsletter, since that's why I'm on this show right now. Uh, I do send out, I try to bring as much value as I can to everybody every week for free. And that's a great way to, you know, stay connected and well, read my takes on things. So we're signing up for the newsletter. You can go to bennywills.com slash blog to do that, or just go to my website, same, same difference. But, um, yeah, I have, I have not even officially launched the self-reliant way yet, even though I started it back in July and I've had a full, I've had plenty of people signed up already, but because it was so immediately successful, I had no need to like make a big deal out of it. I've had no shortage of clients because okay. it's exactly what I, what people need. Um, but th that being said, I'm doing the official launch of it in March. And if you're interested in it, all the information's on the website, bennywills.com. And if you want to talk to me personally, you can set up a call and we can, um, talk just like this one-on-one -on, -one on zoom and see if it's a good fit. And yeah, I'd love to help anybody who's who this is speaking to. Okay. Well, very good. Thank you for coming. And we wish all the best for you and your cute little family. <laughs> and thanks. Um, have a good night. Yeah. It's been a pleasure, Jamie. Thank you so much for having me on. Mm -hmm. Bye. All right. Bye. All right. A little over an hour. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.